right, what's the name of the song? I've got a... Down in my heart. We know that song, right? I laughed when I emailed Kevin about it. I said, I want to play this at the beginning of the sermon. Do you know it? And he said, yeah. That's one of the first songs you, you learn in Catholic school. Yes, yes. So maybe you know this song. Maybe you sang it at Sunday school or around a campfire. Last summer when we surveyed you about favorite songs, this one was actually one of them on the list for one of your favorite camp songs. Those words are familiar. I've got a joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And then you're supposed to yell, where? We know that song. And if we continued singing, we discover the reason for the joy in our heart. And that's because we have Jesus in our heart. That's what this song is about, singing about the joy, because Jesus is in our heart. It's a good one. In a, in a conversation that I had this week a friend with a friend, I, we were just talking, and I asked him, tell me, what do you do when you get down or you're just feeling like you're in a rut? And after he thought for a minute, he said, well, I dwell on the joy in my life. No matter how small, no matter how insignificant, I keep thinking about the joys, and it makes me feel better. It brings joy to my life thinking about my joys. So after thinking about hearing him talk about joys, I began to think about the joys in my life, and I invite you to do the same thing. What are your joys? For me, there's a joy in babies. Whether they're newborn, whether they're drooling crabby, there's just a joy in babies. There's a joy that we have that I have in relationships, whether it's with my spouse or my family or my friends, they bring me joy. There's the joy of children, and we have them around here. Come by any, any day at the preschool, and there's just joy overflowing from that playground. And then there's the joy I have of being in fellowship with other people and the joy that I have of being a part of a community of God, being a part of a community, of a church. Those are all just a few of my joys. Joy, let's face it, joy is just a wonderful thing. And as we know, joy can come in many size and many shapes. After talking with my friend later in the day, in the evening, I was reading this article on how to streamline your closet. How many of us could do a little cleaning of closets? Let's be honest. And this person's recommendation was that when you go to clear out your closet, your first step is to clear out anything that doesn't bring you joy. Think about your closet. There's the shirt that you put on that you go, oh, I'm happy with this one. And then there's the one that you put on and you go, okay, I'll tolerate this until I get home from work and I can put on my joy t-shirt. She explained that because we live in a world that has so much abundance, because we can go buy just about anything, we're seduced by things that we don't really need, like extra shoes or extra clothes. But we need to focus on the joys that are in our closet. If we put just our joys in there, our closets are clean. Now, I'd like to think 
that life is about a little bit more than an organized closet. And if you know me, that's you know, one of my things that I like, organization. But there has to be more than just an organized closet or the clothes that we wear. There has to be more than that that gives us joy. We can be so easily distracted by the things that pull us away from the things that really do bring us joy. The clutter of our lives is distracting. We get distracted by society and the norms that they place upon us. We get distracted by what Paul described as living in the flesh. We understand living in the flesh is anything that opposes or is negative to the spirit. This is an age-old problem that was in biblical time and in our time too. In our times, living in the flesh would include selfish living, not sharing our God-given gifts, letting hate and jealousy and anger overcome the joys in life. It's being more concerned about ourselves than others. That's living in the flesh. Paul, though, he was writing to the Romans about Christian faith, and he was appealing to them about holy living. Paul directed the followers of Christ to put to death the needs of the body and to have a relationship with God. Paul was writing of transformation received from the Spirit, and he wrote, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirits that we become children of God. We're transformed by the Spirit. Then when we turn to the Gospel of John, we witness a transformation of, of Nicodemus. And that transformation, it was also brought on by the Spirit. Little is really told of Nicodemus. We know that he was a Pharisee, and he was probably a part of the Sanhedrin who kept every detail of the law. Think of them as the Supreme Court of that biblical time. By his actions, though, when Jesus dies, we know that he was probably very wealthy. Nicodemus, he came to Jesus by night, which indicated he was a secret disciple. His social and his religious standings, they didn't allow him to be seen openly consulting with Jesus during the day. Yet, yet Nicodemus, he came to Jesus and he acknowledged that Jesus was one from God whose signs showed the presence of God. He came to Jesus with questions and Jesus responded to his misunderstandings by highlighting the source of the birth from above, which as we know is the Spirit. Jesus explained that we need the Spirit for a spiritual rebirth. And we need that if we are to see the kingdom of God. Spiritual rebirth, it means that we become a new person and our lives become more pointed in the direction of loyalties to Jesus and that we have new love with God. And with this love comes new affection for other people so that we can live and serve in communion with the triune God. Nicodemus was transformed by the Spirit. 
when we next see Nicodemus in the gospel, he intercedes with Jesus against the Pharisees. And then upon Jesus' death, he's the one that brings the myrrh and the aloe to prepare the body. In both of these New Testament stories, we witness a transformation. John talks about the transformation in terms of rebirth, and that rebirth, it's, it's a spiritual experience that's available to all, and it transforms the way that we see things. It trans, transforms us to, to a new spiritual level. Nicodemus, he knew about God, and he knew that Jesus was sent by God. Through his rebirth, he became more aware he understood about the work of the Spirit, the redeeming work of the Spirit in his life. And through this rebirth, Nicodemus became more convinced about the mission of God in Christ through the Holy Spirit. And then for Paul, that transformation, it occurred by being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit enables us to put to death the deeds of the body. Paul writes that all of that who are led by God's spirit are children of God, and they receive a spirit of adoption. When we call out, when we cry, Father, Abba, just as Jesus did, we bear witness that we are God's children. Paul clearly believes that it is by the Spirit that Christians learn from the heart to call God Father. And he clearly believed that the Spirit, it bears witness with us that we are God's children. Back to that list of joys that we were talking about earlier. One of the joys in our lives that I would think we could all agree on would be the joy of family. Whether it's the family that we were born into or the family that we establish through our relationships with friends. Being a member of a family, it means that one shares a common love, a common life of mutual interdependence. The Spirit unites us as a family. When we call for Father, when we call for Abba, that changes our status. We receive that spirit of adoption and we're transformed into a child of God and we're united in the family of God. And God's family is one that is filled with joy. Paul writes that if someone is one of God's children, that person is an heir and will share in God's riches. Jesus is God's true heir, but since we're believers in Christ, we all become sons and daughters of God by adoption. We become joint heirs of Christ. What we receive is eternal life. Using the same words to address God as Jesus did, Jesus called him Father, Abba. We acknowledge our interdependence with God and with Christ. One scholar suggests that this passage from Romans, it could be used as a discussion about the nature of the church. 
We are to be God's family in the church. To compare the Christian community of family with our families means that we have to have the same expectations. The expectation of love and patience to fellow Christians in the church is one that should also be brought to members of our family. There's attitudes that will destroy a family and those same attitudes, they will destroy a church. If we disregard or disrespect one part of the spouse towards the others, it'll split the family. If parents selfishly ignore the needs of children, or if children ignore the needs of the parents, the family will be harmed. Being preoccupied with our own interest instead of having consideration for other members of the family, that will come at a great expense. The family provides the model for the way the church ought to function. But this passage could also discuss how the family of God provides a model for human families and how they should function. Both of those are called to share in the joy of the Spirit. Both are called to plea places of joy and places of peace. I've got a joy, 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 joy down in my heart. We rejoice in the mystery of God as triune, that three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, Christians accept this incomprehensible mystery as a fundamental, fundamental article of our faith. Today is Trinity Sunday, a day when we give focus, we give honor, we give our, our worship to the Trinity. We rejoice in the presence of God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. Through the work of the Trinity, may we accept our adoption into God's family. Like Nicodemus, may we be led by the Spirit as we search for meaning of what has already been placed in our hearts by the Spirit. May we be filled with that Spirit and united as one when we call out to Abba. May we always share in the joy of being children of God together as this church. Amen.